Hey guys, so we are rolling into season two of None of Your Business Podcast, where we are bringing you inspiring storytelling from the heart. Now, with season two, we, I don't know when I'm going to be publishing new episodes, like I'm moving, a new job, I honestly don't know, so for a month or so it might be a little out of whack um but i'm at least going to get you guys one interview each week that's no matter what so uh the format of my release dates are going to be a little bit different and you're going to hear just a little bit different uh context in this season coming up so i hope you guys enjoy please go rate and review on itunes Please share this with a friend. And with always, I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, and real quick before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to talk about my friend Michael Chauncey's program. It is the Create Fit Tribe. And really what it is, it's just a online mastermind for fitness individuals who maybe are just beginning their fitness journey with the new year's resolution or somebody who wants to compete you're gonna have you know your own unique nutrition and workout plan designed specifically for you but you're also gonna have this community of like-minded individuals to get motivation and support questions love it's gonna be like a family guys so check out the show notes find our instagram at facebook michael chauncey instagram tyler michael chauncey i love you and enjoy the episode one two three all right andrea how's it going welcome to none of your business podcast it's oh man i love that we are finally doing this Thank you for your patience. You're so welcome. We've rescheduled a couple times, and but we're doing it today. So yes, we are. Awesome. So who are you? What do you do? Uh, my name is Andrea Furpo. I'm a psychic cheerleader, which essentially means I'm an intuitive energy healer, spiritual mentor. I work with clients individually. I teach group classes. I also have a podcast called Brilliance Through Resilience, which highlights women's stories of overcoming huge transitions in their life. And so I do a multiple of different applications of trying to help people process uh, emotional trauma. Mm -hmm. You said you're an emotional cheerleader? I'm a psychic cheerleader. Psychic cheerleader. I'm yes, sorry. I'm an emotional cheerleader too, for sure. <laughs> uh, for sure. I apologize about that. Psychic You're cheerleader. Good. You're that, good. Uh, that is such an amazing way to put it. Like, thank you. Cheering you want. So, I've never heard that term before. Like, did you come up with that? Where did the, where? I did. Well, <laughs> I can't take full credit. Uh, my psychic here in Portland, about three years ago, did my chart. And she said, after looking at your chart, I would want to go through hell with you. Okay. And then she said, you are the psychic cheerleader. Okay. So I would want you by my side. You are the psychic cheerleader. 
And that was a pretty pivotal time in my life for my business three years ago. Um, there were a lot of shifts in my astrological chart, major shifts. And it's when I went full time and started believing in myself uh, as far as my coaching abilities. I was only doing it part time and working full time in a job that I was very, very comfortable doing. Mm -hmm. So you were going through all these changes. Like, mm. what did that look like before? Before I became the psychic trader or before I met my psychic or <laughs> before when? Before you met your psychic. Before I met my psychic, what did I look like? Uh, well, I mean, how far back do you want to go? <laughs> uh, for 20 years, I had worked as an executive assistant and senior office manager. I worked in high tech. Uh, startup in San Francisco. I worked down in Silicon Valley with VC form, firms and brand marketing agencies. And I always worked for the CEO or the entire uh, executive team. And I was their cheerleader, right? Or I was the office's cheerleader. At one point, I was named the people's ambassador in 2012 for my company because oh, cool. that's what I did. Um, I just didn't see as that I could do that out on my own. And I didn't even see what that was at the time. I just thought I was taking care of people. Mm, okay. And down, I got, I don't know anything about Silicon Valley except for what you hear. Like, right. yeah. what does that look like? Like, how do you transition out of that? Well, it's a very intense environment. So I grew up, I mean, we won't go into my entire family history, but I grew up with very hardworking parents, incredibly, like physically, physical labor, as well as, you know, my mom was a waitress. Um, she was on her feet all the time. Um, my dad, uh, you know, he was a cop and an investigator in the 60s. And then he, uh, you know, became a deputy district attorney and was very famous. Uh, there's a movie and a book that he's in, you know, um, and my dad put himself through, he came from nothing and he put himself through college and got his law degree, um, all while raising a family. And so uh, I watched two very hardworking parents. And because of that, I sprang out of college just uh, feeling like I had to work myself to death. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, there were some other contributing factors. Uh, I was born to, um, there's mental health issues that run rampant in my family, especially the women in my family. Mm -hmm. And we'll just say that due to the relationship with my mother that I had, I grew up feeling the need to please just about everyone around me except for me. What, so the first what did that look like? <laughs> the first 20 years of my career history, that looked like me burning a candle at both ends, right? Being the perfect mother, the perfect wife, and also, you know, the perfect assistant to someone very high profile. And so I was working you know, anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week in a job that I didn't enjoy at all, that brought me absolutely no joy, except for my interactions with people. Um, I was taught that that's what I was good at. My mom told me that that's what I was good at. And I just kept doing that. Yeah. Um, I never questioned it. And, 
And I, um, I thought that that's what I was expected to do as well, right? That everyone around me um, expected me to continue to keep up that career as well. Just having these, having these expectations other people expect from you and they're just mm -hmm. like forcing you in this box and internally you're just crawling out of your skin. Mm -hmm. uh, so it manifested in a multitude of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, it manifested in, in, a, in a, a lot of different decisions uh, that, you know, I do not regret. I don't have regret over any part of my life, but um, I lived a very rocky road um, in learning good boundaries for myself, in learning to speak up for myself. I mean, without going into the whole astrology of my chart, my Chiron is in Aries for any of your listeners who really understand that. That means that I came here to find out who I am and to stand up for who I am. That is my major life lesson. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times if your Chiron is in Aries, you'll be born into an abusive family so that you learn how to speak up for yourself. Yeah. So that's essentially been my experience of, you know, my entire upbringing as well as my young adult life is learning how to speak up for myself, getting clear on even having my own feelings. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've been in, you know, abusive relationships with my family, fiance, well, ex-fiances, um, whatever, just abusive because I, I couldn't stick up for myself. I was mm -hmm. always just trying to please, I can relate a lot mm -hmm. with you and I can, and just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I just always felt lost. So I covered up with booze, drugs, whatever. It right. didn't matter. Same. Yeah. It didn't matter what it's it was. Just, well, I was trying to numb, numb the feelings and push them down and keep them down. Yeah. But they would, I would have major explosions. Uh, you know, I, I have two DUIs. I spent time in jail. Um, certainly things were screaming at me. You know, I almost lost my marriage because of that particular incident. Um, I almost lost my marriage a number on a number of occasions uh, due to my behavior, right? Yeah. Um, and I was kind of on a crash course because I didn't know how to heal myself. And I kept showing up at different points in my life in a therapist's office or a psychiatrist's office at one point um, for medication. And, and no one really ever got to the root, they could explain to me what was going on and help me understand what was going on. But I just kept sitting in the muck and not really learning how to clear it. And it kept perpetuating itself. I kept finding myself in the same exact scenarios. And now I understand that it's an energetic match. I keep magnifying a certain energy and it keeps being brought my direction right that's the whole idea behind law of manifestation is you are a mirror for what you receive mm, so I if you are if you are you know you're pushing out all of your trauma and all of your patterns that are really really truly not benefiting you anymore and aren't even really happening anymore because it's still stuck in your space you're just getting more of that, more experiences, more experiences to reaffirm that that is who you are. It's really hard to change that and shift that. You know, you can understand it, but we heal on different levels, right? So um, we heal on an emotional level, we heal on a physical level, we heal on a spiritual level, right? Oh, yeah. 
there's all these different ways that we integrate the lesson. So um, that was the missing component for me. That's how I fell into energy healing is um, as my symptoms continue to progress, you know, I, if I look back in my 30s, I had um, hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism, and I would swing back and forth as my body would be like, slow down. Okay, let me speed up and catch up with you. Slow down. And like I kept doing that over and over again, but not recognizing the symptoms at all. Like a pendulum from one extreme to the other? To the other. Mm. And um, I spent many years like just being exhausted, adrenal fatigue and thinking, oh, I just got to keep pushing myself. Like maybe this parenting is just really hard and, you know, just making excuses for all of the symptoms and ignoring them. I think women tend to ignore the symptoms. Well, we all do. Oh, that, I was going to say, like, I ignore them. So. Yeah, but I think, but I think as, as mothers, we tend to put ourselves last, right? And I was definitely putting myself last um, because it hadn't been modeled to me to take care of myself at all. And so, and that's no one's fault. That just was my experience. And so it was, in essence, me learning how to take care of myself and mm -hmm. take responsibility for my own actions that really started to move things. Um, and I fell into energy work because I got diagnosed with Graves disease, which is an autoimmune condition, which is more on the rare side and less heard of. But essentially, once you've done hypothyroid, hyperthyroid, and you are ignoring that, if you have an incredibly traumatic um, episode in your life, a major trans life transition, your body goes into hyperdrive and it starts to attack the, the tissue in your thyroid, which matches the tissue behind your eye. For whatever reason, your body can't tell the difference. And so it starts attacking it and that those both start to swell and it presses on your optic nerve and you almost lose your eyesight if you don't do anything about it. Wow. Part of the problem was no one could see it except for me. I kept trying to explain it to everyone around me and no one could see it. My husband couldn't see it. My esthetician couldn't see it. No one around me could see what I was talking about. My eyes had changed shape. I knew I had almond eyes. They looked different. I couldn't put my finger on it. They were really swollen. And my husband was like, I, you're being too critical. Like, stop. And so, you know, like, I just kept thinking I was crazy. I had all these crazy symptoms and I didn't connect the dots. And I showed up, you know, um, at my mom's house, my parents' house, six months later, and my mom within 30 seconds looks at me and says, what's going on with your eyes? No way. And I was like, you can see that? <laughs> I got so excited because I just felt like I was crazy. Like yeah. I was making stuff up. I mean, not knowing what the symptoms are, just totally thought I was making this stuff up. I mean, like, there's all these symptoms and people who are interested can go look it up. But the point is, so yeah. My mom says that and she goes, I don't know what you have, but go figure out, you know, like you need to go to a doctor, <laughs> essentially, you know, um, you know, being from Orange County, I'll just say this, her actual reaction, her honest reaction was, <laughs> this will give you insight into my mother. I don't know what that is, but here's $400. Go get yourself some Botox. That was actually my mom's reaction. So um, that led me on a journey. At least I got validated that something was happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I eventually found out about an ophthalmologist as opposed to an optometrist, which are two very different doctors. 
and he diagnosed me with the Graves' disease. So it was this entire process, and by that point, I had to go see an endocrinologist and an ophthalmologist on a regular basis, and they were both yelling at me, like, your numbers aren't great. You have to change them. We need to shut off your thyroid for the rest of your life and give you thyroid medication. You're going to lose your eyesight, like just threatening me. Yeah, wow. Something drastic, you're going to lose your eyesight. And I kept hearing that, and I kept saying, I understand. I understand what the risk is, but I want to get to the bottom of this. And I had a background of natural healing. I was already seeing an acupuncturist for other things that were showing up on my body and had been for years. And I, I was already seeing a naturopath. I ended up going to a dietitian who uh, did kinesiology with me that started this entire evolutionary process of me healing myself and getting to the deep core root of what was really, really, really contributing to what seemed like on the surface an autoimmune disease, right? Because that's just inflammation. It's essentially you hating yourself. Mm -hmm. So how, what were my beliefs around that? Right. And, and, you know, how was, what was the self critiquing behavior that I was listening to the commentary all day long? Yeah. Right. Telling yourself I'm not good enough. Something wrong. Okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, in healing myself, uh, I fell into energy healing in being open to being willing pretty much, uh, you know, at my knees of begging for, any assistance, you know, having a come to Jesus moment, begging for assistance to try anything that will essentially get rid of this in any other way. Just surrender, like, come right. on, help me. Like, it's... whatever, whatever you bring to me, like, almost like the movie Yes Man. Like, you know, like, <laughs> essentially, I was just like, Yes, I'll, I'll try that. Yes, I'll try that. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Until something, one combination, something of that mix starts to, to make a difference. And so I healed myself of Graves' disease within one year. And uh, it was not just the doctors or the people that I saw. It was also a complete lifestyle change. And that's when I moved to Portland and I almost pretty much left my family behind I was sitting in my acupuncturist's office and he's, he was from uh, Germany. He's very interesting, um, really good, very talented. And he looked at me and he said, Andrea, do you really want to heal yourself? And I said, uh, yeah. And he said, then you need a lifestyle change. Really? And I said, I didn't even say anything. I heard my guide say Portland really, really? loud. And when I, I had been trying to move to Portland for eight years already, um, I had a best friend who lived here in Portland, Oregon. She was actually my college girlfriend and um, she was my birthing partner. I was a single mom. I mean, she was a big part of my life and she had moved up to Portland. And every time I came up to Portland to visit her and her family, I would be like, I as I was here, I'd be like, I fucking love it here. I love it here. I don't know what it is about Portland, but I love it here. Everything we did, everything we ate, every who the people I met, every I just was like on cloud nine. And I would come home after every trip and I'd turn to my daughter and my husband and they'd say, we have to move to Portland. And they'd look at me like I was crazy. Like, uh, that's cool. No, we're not <laughs> our house and our- right friends and my husband was like I'm not leaving my job are you crazy 
And so I kept hearing no, and I just kept asking. And finally, when I heard that, I literally, I don't know if I said anything to my husband right away, but maybe within two weeks of that, I was standing on a corner where we always waited for, you know, the streetcar that would pick us up in San Francisco right side, outside of our house. Yeah. Husband was real frustrated with his job. And he turned to his best friend who would commute in with us. And he said, maybe we should just sell our house and move to Portland. And I said, excuse me, what did you just say? And no. he was joking. And I was like, and I called the realtor that day and put our house on the market. And, and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, no, no, no. I don't think you understand. I've seen the signs. Like, I'm going for it. You can come or not, but I'm making this happen. So... Yeah, I completely reinvented my life when I moved here. It was that's a awesome. Decision. I like almost did a hundred and eighty degree turn from oh, what wow. my life was before to what it is now is completely by design. Right on. You... So that's what I teach other people to do. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but not everyone's willing to go to that extreme, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends on the individual. But... And you take high risk, and you get a high reward. That's right. Well, you have to be willing to lose it all, like gamble it all, like um, the things that that we've become so attached to of who we are, right? The fact that I'm a senior executive assistant, like I worked hard for that title for 20 years. And like at a certain point, it was like, that's not even really who I am. Right. <laughs> you know, I had a, a mentor here in Portland who looked at me when she first met me. She goes, what do you do? And I said, I'm a senior executive assistant. And she said, no, you're not. And I looked at her totally confused and said, yes, I am. Right. She was like, no, you're not. And we kept arguing about it. And finally she's like, I go, well, what do you think that I am? And she goes, you're a life coach. Oh. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I such denial she she became my mentor she was my reiki master and she just kept saying no it's like it's written all over you you do it everywhere like that's what you're supposed to be doing mm -hmm. so yeah that also you know created a ton of momentum into me moving along this path as well that's cool so if you could tell the younger version of yourself 20 mm -hmm. whatever years the younger version of yourself, three things, what would it be? Mm. The same things that I tell myself every day. <laughs> I love you. I certainly hadn't heard that enough. Um, I heard it, but it was conditionally. Yeah, I love you if you do this. I love you so if, if you, you do act that. a certain way, if you behave a certain way, if you, you know, it was also implied too, right? I will love you more if you dress up and go put on some makeup so I can show you off to my friends or right. family members when they come over or, you know, so it was, it was uh, under conditions and that's what I, I didn't even know the concept of unconditional love or what that meant until I was in college. I had a teacher tell me that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I tell myself almost every day that I love myself. And when I do affirmations, I teach my clients this as well. It's super important for you to look in the mirror when you do it 
and say it five times out loud because essentially your inner child is listening. Mm. You're telling your inner child you're seeing and you're hearing what your inner child never saw and heard from a parent or your parents. And so that's why it's so healing. So the first time you do it, you're confronting anything that's blocking you from actually believing it. So like the first day you might do it, it might feel really silly. And the second day you do it, you're like, mm, I don't know if I like myself. Right. Today, right. So all of these different feelings start to come and rise up to the surface. And that's what you're releasing. Yeah. And I have people practice it until they actually believe it. And then they move on. That's awesome. That is amazing. I love so it. I tell myself I love me. That's something that I would have done more often, but I didn't even know how to love myself. Yeah. Totally. It seems like the more that I started loving myself, the more I tried to, I attracted, uh, well, I already talked to that, but the more I attracted more love in my life yeah. and more loving experiences. Yeah. Have you read The Mastery of Love by Don Miguel Ruiz? I have, yes. I love that book. I just finished it like last month. And the the concept of the magic kitchen that you in unconditional love i love how he breaks it down and you, yeah. you can have you, you can come in and you can eat my pizza but i don't i don't need anything from you yeah, yeah. i don't need anything i'm not gonna yeah. eat i'm not gonna eat your food and you you control my life right just for your love and i like i was for myself i was always like okay well let me let me buy you this let me let me do this for you Yes. And I didn't know how to love myself and, and having these, you know, these open relationships and not open relationships, these open conversations and having these healthy conflicts right. and just people accepting me for who I am and accepting you for who you are and just having right. unconditional love and, you know, and the self-development process that we all go on. Maybe not all, but I know me and getting into self-development self <laughs> and just having this unconditional love for myself and for others is like something I, I didn't know what it was I had no uh, idea like how do you like what do you mean unconditional love like I grew up in a house if you know uh, if you mow my lawn then I love you if you show up to if you are here then I love you yeah, yeah if you yeah, dress yeah. this way I love you and it just yes. it, it uh it was really interesting not I don't know I'm not sure if interesting eroding of your self-confidence and self-worth <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is incredibly betraying to both of those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, being an energy healer and intuitive mm -hmm. thought leader, like how, what does that do for you? What does it do for me? Uh, <laughs> well, uh, it's something that I already enjoy doing. So I'm just being more of who I am every day or sharing it with more people. Um, it's just already who I am. So I, what does it do for me? It brings me joy. You know, I, I enjoy sharing. I enjoy teaching. I always have. I've always mentored other people. I've always, you know, cared for other people. But, uh, you know, I, I have much healthier boundaries, awareness than I ever have in my life. I've studied so many different practices. Um, you know, I've, I've, 
gone through my own trauma and healed a majority of it in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I mentioned that before that I'm writing a memoir, right? So as I start to write that and process, I'm still processing stuff that like, oh yeah, that happened. Right. And so it gives me an opportunity to heal it yet again, um, or in a different way. Um, by expressing it out on the written page. But um, what does it do for me? By going towards my own healing, it allows me to heal other people. Mm. I yeah. Like that. I love that, actually. That's, yeah. that's pretty amazing. So, like, besides your business and having a family, like, if you could wake up and have the perfect day. <laughs> What would that look like? <laughs> uh, this will make my husband laugh if he ever listens to it. It would definitely include funny socks. Um, I almost always wear funny socks every day. Um, and I feel very embraced here in Portland because we, we have several manufacturers of funny socks, like ones that are just really sarcastic in humor or whatever. I like funny socks. Um, and then it would include wearing my pajamas for sure, like all day. I, I like if I could live in pajamas, which sounds really ridiculous because I just I really like to relax. I really uh, like to relax. <laughs> totally. Um, maybe maybe some spa time. I don't know what it would look like. Definitely some yoga, um, some stretching. Definitely always meditation. I. Uh, meditate. I teach my clients to do an intuitive meditation, several meditations, depending on how interested they are or how uh, open they are to trying it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, definitely, you know, uh, spending time with my daughter. She brings me a tremendous amount of joy. Um, spending time with my husband, spending time with a good friend. I'm pretty easy. I'm all water science. I'm pretty flexible. I'm a Scorpio sun, which is water, a Pisces rising and a Pisces moon. So I'm all water. Um, that's also why I'm so psychic. Um, and, you know, I'm even the year in Chinese uh, horoscopes of the water ox. Like I'm literally just, that's part of the reason why I had such terrible boundaries is because I was like, oh, that looks like fun. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, great. I'll go try that. Um, it, yeah, it just, other people's boundaries were my boundaries. Yeah. Think of like water on a shore. I just used to meet everybody at their yeah. shore and like disregard what was good for me. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So like, do you have like some basic, basic stuff to like for somebody who's listening could start to implement to set boundaries? Oh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the thing that I teach my clients um, is a good starting place, first of all, is um, anytime that you're feel feeling lower energies or lower frequencies or lower emotions. So what are those, right? Anger, hate, hate, which is a, it's under anger, pain, um, any of the lower emotions, right? So the opposite of joy, love, compassion, all of that, right? Passion. Um, you know, so if you're feeling the lower emotions, generally, if you're feeling that, you're outside of your boundaries. Mm 
Okay, you're having this internal conflict. You're with having yourself? an internal conflict with yourself and you're completely overriding it. Okay. Yeah. So okay. to get to the bottom of, okay, so what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling angry. Why am I feeling angry? People don't have these conversations with themselves generally, right? We're not like, why am I angry right now? But getting very curious about that. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling triggered about the fact that we're having a conversation about money because in my family, money was always an issue or whatever that is. Like mm -hmm. starting to get very curious about my reaction, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's the first way of, of starting to establish clear boundaries. Another way that I also teach people to get clear with their boundaries is I teach them an energetic boundary. What does that look like? So I do an intuitive meditation that I teach all of my clients that has three components to it. It's basic clairvoyance skills. You do not need to be psychic in order to do it. All you need to do is remember that just like when you were a child in kindergarten, just be and just use your imagination. Like if you're able to see it, however you see it, however it shows up for you, just allow it to happen. It's a guided meditation. And the first thing that I do is teach you how to properly ground yourself. And the reason why that's important is because we need to remember that we are connected to something so much larger than us and that we're fully supported at all times. We also have this thing call, uh, called an auric field around us, which is like an energy bubble. And we're just these energy bubbles that are kind of running around with all of our thoughts and feelings surrounding us at all times, right? And then when I give you a hug, we kind of like lightly imprint on each other and I get a little bit of you on the outside of me and I walk around and I sit on this chair and 500 people other than me have sat on that chair and I get a little bit of that and so I'm walking around all day with other people's energy as well as mine. Mm -hmm. That's why I don't have a lot of clarity on what my feelings are as well because I don't have a lot of space. Yeah. I have just a lot of stuff around me. Think of it as like energetic baggage. Okay. Right? Okay. And so I teach people first to ground because then it also gives you a place to release anything that's no longer serving your highest good because we ask for that. And in asking God, universe, whoever you believe in is listening. There's no reason why it's that the universe is benevolent. There's no reason why if you ask for something, it's not going to be received. So just by asking for it, it gets released out of your space. You don't have to like see it happening or any of that. It's just happening. And so asking for that to happen as well as calling back your energy, that's the second step. We're sending our energy and love out all the time, especially if we're taught to be pleasers. We're yeah. smoothing out the wrinkles in everyone else's life and soothing this and doing that. And what we're doing is we're shoving our energy outside of our auric field. And so we never think to call it back to us. That's why we end up the day with somebody who came into our office having a miserable day and we supported them. And then we're like, oh my God, I feel terrible. Part of that is their energy and our exchange in that. And the other part is I just gave all my energy away. And I don't even think to call it back. Mm. So teaching people how to call it back. And then the third thing that I teach them is an energetic protection rose. And that is building an energy protection rose that looks like a rose on the outside of you and essentially asking the universe to match your energy as it is now and placing it inside that rose so that essentially there's a little buffer between you and the rest of the world energetically. It's just a little 
tiny buffer between you and the rest of the world. And you could say, it's a crazy world out there. I want to protect myself. And yes, it works that way energetically, but it also works the other way because I'm not always at my best either. So it gives the rest of the world a little space for me too, right? So it's just essentially like a little added comfort around you energetically. And those three tools are something that I have everyone practice and I have them try it for a week. And if after a week they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, or it made no difference to me, I have yet to have someone say that. But um, essentially, I just continue to encourage them to use it because everyone who does feels very differently. They just so, feel differently. If somebody is just letting all their energy go and just, mm -hmm. how, how do you bring it back? Uh, that is a specific meditation that I can teach you offline or I can send to you through a text message, um, a voice recording of it. It's, some, it's a video that I also sell. Mm -hmm. So um, for those who are interested, they, they can definitely um, receive that from me. But ultimately, it's a visualization. Any guided meditation yeah. is walking you through a visualization and how it shows up for you. So. Mm -hmm. I'm helping you create that. We are co-creators in the experience, just like you are with the universe. I can't push healing on you. You've got to want it just as much as I want to give it to you. And it's a co-creation. So you're visualizing what I say. And the more you visualize it and believe in it, the more it's real for you, right? I can't just make, yeah, I can't make things happen for you. You're making things happen for you. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It at a hundred percent. I'm just teaching you how. Yeah. And walking you through it because we are not islands. We are here to help each other. I'm a strong supporter of, of all of the different people who I reached up and reached down to me and lifted me up to the next stage in my life. And so now that I'm in a place where I can do that for others, I do it as much as I can, right? Yeah, my, my story can benefit from others. Exactly. Exactly. And my experience or any wisdom that I had in going through that suffering or the pain or um, whatever emotion, you know, whatever experience was attached to that emotion. Right. So, yeah, exactly. Love it. That's that's amazing. Wow. I. Uh, I just want to sit back and just observe what you just said, because there's just so much and I, I love hearing stuff like that. It's it's really hitting home with me right now. I, I, my inner, like, not goosebumps, but like the warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah, I have an effect on people in the sense that I'm told at least that their experience, they either experience it as a feeling of euphoria because I help them clear their energy in the connection that we have. Um, you know, I help transmute and clear your energy so you start to feel lighter around me. Um, I'm also told that my voice, the quality and the tone of my voice, it helps people forget their own pain. So um, it may be one or two of those things. I don't know if you're experiencing that as well, but that may also be something that you're feeling. Yeah, I I love your energy. Like I, since we hopped on, it's just like, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I would say all three of those things for sure right now in this moment. It was just, now just sitting back and being aware of it. It's, it's really interesting. Huh. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for that. You're uh, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. I, I, I love your energy. You're just so lit up. 
Yes. Like it, that's, it's amazing. So yes. it's because I'm happy. I love talking about this. You're yeah. giving me an opportunity to share and I love talking about it. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, yeah. And since we started connecting, I just, you just even through text messages, you're just so, I just imagine you just being super happy and <laughs> yes, I am. I like to create a space for people. I like to create a comfortable space for people to get uncomfortable in. Yeah, if yeah, exactly. You know, if how how can we be vulnerable if we're not willing to be vulnerable? Right. How, how do you know? You know, if I'm not willing to be vulnerable, or we got to whoever, not me, you, Joe Schmell and Sally May. Just, we have to relate and if, how do I know that I can trust you and be willing to accept your trust if you haven't been through what I've been or have some sort of pain that's well I'm definitely relatable <laughs> um you know I would never choose to go through all of the experiences like I said I don't have any regret but in looking through all of my different traumatic experiences um, what did it teach me? What were the lessons, right? It makes me relatable. I'm relatable yeah. to so many different people because I've experienced so many different things. Exactly. That is a more simpler way to put it. So, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, totally. Like, so what are your hobbies? Like, what do you like doing? <laughs> I'm pretty obsessed with work. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, cause I love helping people. I'm yeah. usually thinking about, yeah. Um, but what do I like to do? I love yoga. Um, I love cracking up with my daughter. Uh, she's very funny. Um, and I can be very serious, believe it or not. Um, let's see. Uh, what do I love to do? I love to read. I love to get to the bottom of things. So I'm, I, I mean, if I showed you, I have several bookshelves. I've got three cats. One's just jumping up right now. <laughs> um, I've got three cats. I love them. I love animals. Oh my gosh. I love animals. I grew up with animals. Um, and I can't, I mean, they, I don't know if you know this, but they contract with you. They still contract with you. That's why we feel the way that we do with them. They're here to teach us and help us as much as we're here to take care of them. Mm -hmm. And so they pick us as much as we pick them. Mm -hmm. And I, I love my three cats. Like they follow me around. They are always in my space. Um, I love being outdoors and going in it on adventures is part of the reason why I moved to Portland in the Pacific Northwest. It's gorgeous here. I don't even want to say that because I don't want more people to figure that out, but I think it's a probably a common known, <laughs> commonly known how beautiful the Pacific Northwest is, but it's gorgeous here. Um, so I love going on uh, hikes out into the gorge, the Columbia River Gorge, mm. which is uh, essentially our version of Yosemite up here in Oregon. It's beautiful um i love i've got a little urban forest across the street i love going there that's got a you know a little river or creek that runs through it but yeah i mean i i love being out in nature um you know i've always camped since i was a little girl and you know my family always camped those were our vacations and um, I still do with my husband. We're going rock hounding this Saturday if it doesn't rain down on the beach. Like we're always exploring or doing something outdoors. 
So yeah, those are, those are kind of my hobbies. I'm an extreme introvert, believe it or not, which is why podcasts work for me. I like one-on-one Yeah, or small you. groups, but lot, you know, large, like seeing me at a large event. Um, you know, I, I'm how I go to them. I, um, I'm all for pushing boundaries and, um, making myself exposed to more and more people each year. But at the same time, like I'm very safe in my booth. I would never go venture out as an extrovert and just like be high on the fact that I was having multiple conversations with everybody in the room. Right. That's yeah. Just how yeah, I, I I'm an introvert that can be an extrovert, but you're like, an ambivert. Yeah, I, but like I'm definitely when I'm done at a big event, like I'm tired, I'm I'm exhausted. Like you shut down. Be, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you have like a morning routine that you do? I do. What does that look like? <laughs> um. So, okay, there's multiple things that I do. Um, one of them is that meditation, that guided meditation that I was telling you, there is not a day that goes by that that hasn't happened. Usually I do it in the morning, but if I forget for any reason or get distracted, I do that in combination with a number of other clairvoyant, um, intuitive meditation tools that I use for my day. Um, and I use that throughout the day, especially if I have a client coming over, there's a lot of preparation that I do to my home office. Um, or even if I'm having a phone call or a zoom call like today, um, I do affirmations every day. If you follow me on Instagram or Facebook on my Facebook page, um, every single day, you'll know what affirmation I'm doing. Um, but I have specific ones that I'm always working on. Like I mentioned in the mirror, um, I do that after I brush my teeth, uh, because it's very easy to not ignore it that way. I know I'm going to brush my teeth in the morning and I know I have a mirror, so I just do it then. And I, so I'm always doing affirmations. Um, so those are all things that I do in the morning. Uh, I ask two questions. I don't always need to ask the questions as often as I have my clients start out doing this. But the first one is, how am I feeling? Mm. And what do I need is the second question. So the first one, so the rules are you have to answer it completely honestly. Like just okay. it as it is. Not like get stuck in a whole story about why it is. Just like, what is it? So for okay. Example, how am I feeling? I feel like shit because I slept four hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just stating it as it is. And then what do I need? Well, shit, I might need to go to bed earlier tonight. Um, I might need a nap this afternoon in between clients, which never happens, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is it that I need? And then the rules are, you have to give it to yourself. So if it's like, God, I, I'm lonely. I haven't had a hug and I don't know how long I get, you got to go find someone that day and ask for a hug, right? You, you're establishing a conversation and a connection to your inner child, which is important. We've all got it. (laughs) It's a part of us. It's not going away. And a lot of us don't have a conversation with what's going on internally, but that's the best way to establish a dialogue because a lot of us have been shutting it down or shutting it off or not listening to our intuition or not listening to the messages that we're receiving. And so this is essentially checking in. It's a check-in. You're like, how am I? (laughs) What do I need? 
and it doesn't have to get super deep. It might just be, I really need a hug, but give it to yourself. When are you ever asking? Like, it's just, it's a a smart practice for self-care. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I got one last, well, I got a couple last questions for you. Okay. Um, Where can people find you? What's your website, Instagram, social media tags, all that fun stuff. Yes. Yes. Um, You can find me as Psychic Cheerleader. Um, So at Psychic Cheerleader on Instagram, uh, my Facebook page the same way. Um, And my website is Psychic Cheerleader or my first and last name, Andrea Furpo or Brilliance Through Resilience, which is my podcast. So there are three ways to find me. There you go. And I'm assuming your podcast is on iTunes, Spotify. All of it. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Totally, yeah. Totally. Right on. Um, and for the people that are listening, everything will be in the show notes. So just go to the show notes and you'll find that information. So one last question for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What is your message to the world? Ooh. Hmm. You have complete control over your own destiny. Mm, Love it. That is amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Andrea Furpo, the cheerleading psychic or the psychic cheerleader, whatever. Um, Go rate and review, share this, find her on Instagram. Find Tyler, find me on Instagram, Robert Lude, Tyler Michael Chauncey, Psychic Cheerleader. Everything you need to know will be in the show notes, guys. I love you. Enjoy your weekend, and I'll talk to you soon.